are some movies that need no introduction. Some movies that have been with us as long as we can remember. Movies that have woven themselves so far into our consciousness that imagining a world without their presence would be like imagining a world without water, or air, or Sudoku. These movies can become inextricably linked to our identities and who we are. We incorporate quotes into our daily lives, identify like-minded individuals, and know that on some level, this person I just met is probably someone I'll be friends with because we share this common bond. Today, we are looking at the 1987 Rob Reiner film, The Princess Bride. And I don't know about you, but this movie gets as close to a classic, beloved by all, as you can get. What is it about this whimsical fairy tale comedy that is so compelling that grandparents, parents, and children alike all engage and carry the magic forward? I am really looking forward to hearing Chris's thoughts as we discuss The Princess Bride on this episode of Movies Will Save the World. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And I'm Chris Peterson. And today we are discussing the beloved, I would, I think that's fair, beloved 1987 Rob Reiner film, The Princess Bride. Uh, Chris, Mm -hmm. this was my pick. Uh, At the end of last episode, you reminded me that I had not picked a theme for this. Uh, So off the cuff, (laughs) I I came up with... uh, most quotable films, and okay. I think that might yeah, be yeah. something to talk about in this, <laughs> but, you know, this is a movie that I love. Uh, I have watched it uh, for years. I've watched it with my family, my my kids. Uh, everybody loves it. Uh, we end up quoting this movie quite a bit, um, and we all got together as a family to rewatch this uh, for this watch. But um, Oh, good. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing that I said leading into the, the episode from our last one was... With the holidays here, I just wanted something fun, something nice, something easy, something yes. that, you know, is that guaranteed to be a good smart. watch. So Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> I, I picked it. <laughs> so Chris, you I know you've seen this movie, but you know where No, do you I'd never even where? heard of it. No. This was like <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, okay. You know, I always like it when you introduce what is me up to a Princess movie that I've, I've never seen or heard of before. So, and um, yeah, none of my family either. We'd never. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right, it, must so be this... nice, it must be nice to come out of that hole that you've been living in for the last 30 goddamn years. Wait, 40 years. Now I know what been. people are talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, I've I don't even know how many times I've seen it, and I still yeah. do not get tired of it. Um, Absolutely. And I guess my very briefly my origin story with the movie is that I I remember seeing it in the theater oh, um, because I liked Rob Reiner because I liked yeah. Spinal Tap, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this just looks again funny uh-huh. um, without really any expectations at all. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah. like. I, I can't remember, though, at the time, 
whether or not it was a popular movie. It seems to have grown in stature, but I could be wrong. That's just my perception. I, I think so. I, I I did a little bit of reading on Wikipedia about it, and it it did mention that sort of it 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 grew this sort of cult following. So yeah. I think that impression is is probably right, which is you know maybe have been slightly underseen at the box office, but then over time yeah. kind of developed this this following. Um, and of course I could go do more research, but that's not as much fun as just watching the movie. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> right. you, all right. So yeah, when this came out, you were younger. Um, I was nine so when, years old, I think. Yeah, nine yeah, years old. So, so when, did it become, when did it enter your radar? I have no idea. I, I, I was thinking <laughs> about this. I'm, I'm sure that I watched it with my family. Yeah. Um, but I really don't remember the first time seeing it. it. It's one of those movies that I just feel like has always been with me. Like I right, have always right. known of and watched The Princess Bride. I, I don't remember the time before and I don't remember a time <laughs> without it. You know, it's just been ever present uh, uh, in my life. You know, I'm sure that our family watched it uh, together at some point, you know, um, and you know, it's funny, uh, when I, when we watch this, our family watched this for, for the podcast and, um, we had, uh, one of, um, one of our, uh, cousins, not my cousin, one of our kids' cousins, um, staying with us that night. And I think he's eight, maybe seven, eight, something like that. And we were like, okay, we're going to sit down and watch, uh, uh, this movie. And he just sat there like, engaged motionless just watching the whole thing like it's it's one of those rare movies that like appeals to everyone and and i do want to come back to one of the things that i want to talk about in this is how they frame the movie with the whole Mm. grandfather Mm -hmm. reading to fred savage you know the 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 grandson but but i think there is something about this movie that's like you can doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter you know your background or or whatnot you can sit there and you're just sucked in um and it's a a beautiful thing i think that's yep. where you're supposed to say something <laughs> <laughs> you're right <laughs> i actually what i was thinking of um is just uh, I, I don't yeah, was, I'll say it, and then we can always cut it out if it's boring and stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't mind. Now, I was just thinking of that experience of, like, how different it was when, um, you know, for eventually, of course, we, my family owned, um, you know, the VH, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the VHR. The VCR. VCR. What the hell am I talking about? Gosh, <laughs> it's a VCR, my friend. <laughs> That's so wow. Okay, yes, VCR. Um, you, you mean that that time when my family owned the Netflix streaming service? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a VCR. We did. We VHS owned one, tapes. and we had it in our house. And but we didn't own like movies, right? So right you would go to the rental place and it was a big deal. And if, mm-hmm. you know, we actually spent time as a family watching movies like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even into my teens, um, mm-hmm. whereas my kids, 
you know, not as <laughs> we just don't do that. I mean, the right. the ubiquity and availability of you know because we all of us have access to streaming service. You know, we have mm-hmm. I don't know how many. I think we have like five subscriptions. Right. Um, you know, so there's 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 not that sense of like you know unless we <laughs> place an ultimatum on it. There's no, <laughs> there's none of that exp- that shared movie right. experience. Yeah, and we go to the movies. I mean, I think in part because of this post pandemic world. Yeah, um, returning to the movie theaters just you know hasn't happened. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and there's a lot of reasons for that. So it's, I don't know. There's and this movie is kind of the I deal movie for that kind of you want to watch it with friends and family and and yeah stuff like that it's it's just made for that um because like oh, you said it it appeals to um you know a wide uh, you know the, the audience at least for us it appeals to all of us in, in some fashion and there's not a ton of movies that fit that that no and i that I qualification think- you know, I was briefly p- trying to pull up Rob Reiner's um, IMDb to maybe bring more credence to what I'm about to say, and I <laughs> couldn't really do it uh, quick enough, and so someone can tell me that I'm wrong. But there, th- Rob Reiner seems to have a sensibility about him that is able to sort of capture a core idea and a core, like sentiment or whatnot behind the story that he wants to tell and uh, there's just some sort of purity in in what he is able to put on the screen i mean you know we've talked about spinal tap and sort of the purity of like these guys are idiots and they're making great you know well not great they're making (laughs) quote-unquote music but like the the core idea is you know this like these dumb people making this what they think is just pure art and and this movie you know being like this you know incredible like you know fairy tale but funny and then you've got when harry met sally one of the most iconic romantic uh, iconic romantic comedies of all time and you know i don't know he he just seems to have like the ability to kind of cut through and get to the core of what he's trying to do and then stick to that and not get confused with other ideas and other concepts, you know, I mean, one of the things that I love about this is it's like this movie knows what it is from the very moment the movie starts to the very moment the movie ends. It is a hundred percent acknowledging what it is. It's this lighthearted, you know, comedic fantasy telling of this story framed with the grandfather and the grandson reading this book. And I just, I love the way that he is able to sort of set this up and frame it and stick to that idea um, all the way through. Um, and one of the things I want, I'll shut up here in a minute. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to, to mention, we, we did um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles a couple of movies ago. And one of the things that we talked about was how it's a great example of a comedy that stays funny from beginning to end. This movie right. absolutely is funny from beginning to end. And it does. it's another example of weaving in the story and the drama within the comedy. And I think it does it so well. I, I, it, this is like a masterclass in how you do that, I think. Yeah. And it's good point about Mr. Reiner there. Um, of course, his father, you know, he has a pedigree of, you know, his yeah. dad being Carl yeah. Reiner, the one of the mm-hmm. great comedy writers and 
you know, probably learned a few things from him. But if you yeah, look probably. at like the fir- the first, I don't know, half a dozen movies or so that Rob Ryan were made, I mean, it is like a, it's a, like a, like they're all like classics almost. Spinal yeah. Tap, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Sure Thing, which I liked, Stand By Me, mm-hmm. uh, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite adaptations of a Stephen King Story. Oh, I didn't realize that was him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah I know. Sure. And then, and then a few good Dirty men. Bird. So he 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 was just and so, yeah. This guy knows what he's doing, um, yeah. and he doesn't just do comedies, um, mm-hmm. even though that seems to be what he's best at. So mm-hmm. it's you know, um, yeah. After that, <laughs> it's, it's it's been a little more spotty, but um, <laughs> at least at least at the beginning of his career, I mean, this guy was just yeah. killing it. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. You know, obviously, I think Spinal Tap is still probably my favorite of that bunch. But yeah, um, for sure, the, watch, the rewatchability of the Princess Bride is um, is also right up there over some other yeah. of of many other movies. And and I don't know if that's something. Yeah, you'd like to explore more here if that's the direction we want to go. But I'd like to you know maybe talk about why why is that? You know, why does this work? Yeah. Um, that way, because comedy is also, you know, there's there's a few movies that we put in that like, like you said, the quotable movies. You know, I mm-hmm. would put like Monty Python's The Holy Grail yep. or something mm-hmm. like that into that pack of movies, or For even sure. this, this is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and th- this again has so many <laughs> iconic lines that I yeah. I also still use. Um, yeah. Because they're, they're just my friends and I would say that crap all the time. <laughs> no, I think I think that I think um, that would be a good. Let's hold that for the moment because I think it would be a good segment to yeah. sort of like talk about some of our most quoted lines, but also talk about that idea of like why, what makes a movie rewatchable and and again like we already know the gags we know when they're coming we know what the jokes are so why is it so satisfying um, <laughs> exactly. you know even knowing what's going to happen and why is it more satisfying knowing what's going to happen um, that's how I feel about this I'm like anticipating the joke <laughs> you know and that's somehow even better than the first time through so yeah <clears throat> Well, you know, I don't I don't quite know where to begin. I'm assuming that everyone listening has seen this movie because if you haven't seen this movie, you should literally whatever you're doing, unless you're like an EMT worker and like are literally saving a life, you should stop whatever you're doing right now and go watch this movie. Um because it's amazing. Um so I'm assuming that everyone uh listening has already seen this movie. Um you know, one of the places that I wanted to start, Chris, is, um, you know, the the phrase perfect movie gets kicked around a bit and people have mm-hmm. differing opinions yeah. on what that means. Right, right. Um, and I would definitely put this movie forward as a perfect movie. But I'll say mm-hmm. this, even if someone could find a, a flaw in the pacing or um, or the writing or something like that. I'm going to say this. This is the perfect cast for this movie. I cannot find anyone out of place. I can't think of a better um, uh, actor to sub in for anyone that is cast in this. You know, we, we've got Carrie Elwes as Wesley. We've got Robin Wright, and I think her 
her first real role, right? As, I think um, it was too. I don't think yeah. she starred in anything up until that point. I, I, I don't mean, think so. She may have like done some, a little bit of TV, I think. But, she did. Um, she did like a soap opera or something like uh-huh. that. But she was not yeah. anyone, anyone that anybody knew at that point. You know, no, and she this was, was... She wasn't married to Sean Penn or anything like that. <laughs> no. And she was cast um, uh, uh, just like a couple of weeks before the filming yeah, started. I, I've read that. I don't know if the story is true or not, but the, yeah, the legendary, yeah, they, she came in and, and like, she, they said she looked like a angel or a princess and like, yeah, like, we got, we got our, um, buttercup or whatever. Right. Well, let me, let me quickly read you the other folks. <laughs> and I got, I want to get to the rest of the cast, but we're, we're here at this moment. I want to hear are the other folks that they consider. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. For buttercup. Uh, Uma Thurman. Okay. Uh, Meg Ryan. Sure. Uh, Sean Young. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Susie Amis. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I'm not familiar with that actress. Uh, Courtney hmm. Cox. Uh, Alexandra <laughs> Paul. Uh, also not familiar with her. And Whoopi no. Goldberg. Those are the other people that they auditioned oh, for this yeah. role. Oh, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. No, that, yeah. That would have been a... That would have been different. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, they, they, I think, like I said, I think they cast her a couple of weeks, but, but anyway, you know, Carrie Ellis, uh, 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 Robin Wright, uh, Mandy, but Tinkin, good Lord, uh, Inigo Montoya, uh, such a great role in this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Wallace Shawn as Vecini, um, there is yeah. no other human being on earth that could play that role. I heard that they considered um, considering Danny DeVito, which is I, I would say that's a creditable second choice. But yeah, that you that, can't beat Wallace Shawn in this role. I mean, he no. is Vicini. Yeah, in terms uh, of um, yeah, just basic nailing the casting, and then there was mm-hmm. you know there are unknowns as well, like right. you'd said, Robin Wright. Um, mm-hmm. Fred Savage, I don't think mm-hmm. at that point has it. I don't know if his TV show had started or not, or if this. It seems like he had not. The Wonder Years started right after this, but I'm not. Yeah, ugh, I'm not positive. Yeah. Um, but even if Peter Falk as the grandpa, <laughs> Peter Falk I, is the best. I, I know. I love him. Um, <laughs> but on. all right, if we're going to talk about perfect casting. I have to okay. go someplace dark okay. and unfortunate that I never. Oh no! To Are you going to complain about Billy Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry to cut you off. Where are you going to go take us, Chris, in this joyful movie? All right. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know why people like Billy Crystal. I have no idea. <laughs> because he likes baseball, Chris, and baseball is America's favorite pastime. Come on. He has ruined every half-decent movie um, because he's I, he, I just don't think he's funny. I mean, just I, he's wait. just not funny. Just Period. wait till I put up sl- City Slickers as our next movie. <laughs> F- you like <laughs> I have I unfortunately have seen actually a lot of his films, you know. Uh-huh. 
Um, some, <laughs> how? You're um, like my Steve Martin hating uncle right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, still, I didn't, I still watch the scene. I still go uh-huh. through with it. But he thinks he's super funny, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and obviously other people do. Um, do, but do you have an alternative I, who you would cast in his place? Um, you know, that's a really good question. Well, I mean, I think Martin Short. <laughs> Wait a minute, Martin Short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or what about Steve Martin? What's wrong with Steve Martin as be, as being the weird old magician? Miracle Max. The hell he was Miracle Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Okay. So you can quibble with Billy Crystal, but you cannot <laughs> quibble with his wife, uh, 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 Carol Kane. Uh, yeah. She, Carol, she, she is just, wonderful. I'm yeah, not a witch. I'm your wife. She, <laughs> she just plays Carol Kane in every single role yeah, she's in. Yeah. Exactly. And actually, Billy Crystal does too. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's just being himself and right on. Um, yeah. And I always love seeing Christopher Guest in anything because he's oh absolutely that, that guy's just so like good at what he does. <laughs> Christopher Guest is wonderful in this. I, we're like we should probably figure out a little bit of structure for this conversation because we're jumping all <laughs> over. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Guest has some of the best lines in this. You know, he's like when he's taking Prince Humperdinck down to the to the pit of despair <laughs> he's right like, he's like tyrone i know you know i love to watch you work but i've got a wedding to plan <laughs> my my bride to murder and a war to plan or whatever he's like and christopher Gaz is like if you haven't got your health you haven't got anything <laughs> are you coming down into the pit wesley's got his strength back i'm starting him on the machine tonight tyrone you know how much I love watching you work. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. Get some rest. If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. Hi, this is Glenn. I had to interject here for a moment because we're about to say some things that are just blatantly untrue. (laughs) Um, We're about to talk about the origin of the book and the script, um, and we uh, credit the author of the novel to S. Morgenstern and the screenplay to William Goldman. Uh, Half of that is correct. Uh, William Goldman did write the screenplay, um, but William Goldman is also the author of the book, The Princess Bride, um, and it is based on a fictitious author named S. Morgenstern. So our mistake, just wanted to clear that up. Uh, Chris, one of the things that struck me as I was watching this again for the umpteenth time (laughs) is, you know, um, one of the things that for, for, for some reason I really love about the movie is that there, there are not, the stakes are fairly low. You know, it's (laughs) like every encounter that, um, uh, Wesley has is like it's in good spirits he's like trusting of everyone and and like it's not this high stakes high drama what's going to happen 
it's a pretty straightforward, we know that the good guys are going to win in the end. And, you know, even when Humperdinck gets uh, taken down, it's not like this big drawn out thing. It just happens. So, you know, for a movie where almost throughout you're kind of just cruising through and enjoying the scenery as you pass by it. um, (laughs) Why is this movie so compelling? Why do we keep coming back to it? Even like I said, we know the story, we know what's going to happen. And yet we keep returning to it. I think that's really interesting about this movie. I've, um, and maybe I was just more conscious of it this time. Cause we, I knew we were mm-hmm. going to talk about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. drag. Um, no, you know, and that's, that's like, that's even in really good movies. There's always parts where like, okay, I got to get through this sequence, right. you know, to get, to get to whatever we're doing next. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, you know, this could have been, you know, like a 45 minute, half an hour, not half an hour, but you know, just mm-hmm. like a, just like a, an hour's worth of, you know, entertainment, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. there's more to it than that. Um, it's yeah. very economical in terms of mm-hmm. like getting from point A to point B, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a way that's, um, doesn't seem you know there's no padding in that regard or there's no sure um and i think it does help that they have you know the it's a book which that wasn't Mm -hmm. something i realized until not too long ago that it was Mm. based on a and on i assume a short story um which i've never read no it's a long book oh is it have you read the book (laughs) I have not read the book, but I know people who have, and the book is like, uh, that, that scene where they're talking about like one of the greatest kisses in history. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The author goes on to describe the preceding five kisses, you know, in great <laughs> detail and great length. It is, it is a big book. Like, I like, I, I applaud Reiner and, and the writers and whatnot to sort of how they have pared this down into something that is consumable because no, it's, it's one of those writers who like uh, S Morgenstern, right. Who uh, just goes into huge detail on all of these things. And I think enjoys going on his tangents as much as he does telling uh, the actual okay. story itself. So well, that's interesting yeah, no, it's then, a big, because yeah. yeah, because that shows a lot of skill as a screenwriter um, mm-hmm. who, you know, to be able to, do that without losing the plot and losing the effectiveness um because i it i think it is very well it's more difficult if it's a beloved book right that everyone knows mm-hmm. and everyone wants it to see it and that's why there's been you know we've we've seen the gamut of of really good adaptations of books to just you know ones that are unwatchable as movies um, and you can't just take a book and make it into a movie. You just, it, right. it's, it's, I think it's a, it's an, it's an art in and of itself to, to do that. Um, and evidently, you know, Rob Briner does have that, at least in this, in this movie to have that um, ability. And then again, cause I haven't read the book. I don't know how many of the little jokes that are put in there kind of winks to the camera sometimes of, um, you know, to effectively keep it, keep it rolling, you know, to keep it. Mm-hmm. So we're not just like, um, cause there's some really cool stuff that happens. And, and, <laughs> um, 
again going back to the kind of the setup being like you know this like this kid who's like you know we know that feeling like i am way too old grandpa to hear these dumb like kids stories you know and he's he reluctantly puts up with it and and then of course you know the the kind of dialogue that they have it's like well you know you said there's me no kissing and then yeah, um, yeah. And then he's like, no, Grandpa, that's not how it happens. The king died that very night. And before the following dawn, Buttercup and Humperdinck were married. And at noon, she met her subjects again, this time as their queen. My father's final words were... Hold it, hold it, Grandpa. You read that wrong. She doesn't marry Humperdinck. She marries Wesley. And just serve it. After all that Wesley did for her, if she didn't marry him... It wouldn't be fair. Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Life isn't always fair. I'm telling you, you're messing up the story. Now get it right. Do you want me to go on with this? Yes. All right, then. No more interruptions. I think this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about, because I think that the way that they framed it as, you know, um, uh, oh, my gosh, Peter... Peter Falk, um, you know, reading the grandfather, reading yeah. to Fred Savage, the grandson. I thought it was brilliant, right? And it, you know, let me just back up here. Yeah. When when we sat down as a family to watch this movie, you know, our youngest, who is twelve, I think. Um, <laughs> good father, twelve, I think. <laughs> um, he was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever yeah yeah he was like well what's this movie about and i'm like it's called the princess bride uh-huh. and he was like uh i don't know about that you know like is there action in it and all right. that stuff so i was like, I was like <laughs> you need to just be quiet right now and watch the first five minutes of this because that's exactly how it starts, right? With uh, the grandfather. <laughs> okay. Yeah, telling, exactly. You know, so that's Fred Savage. He is, um, oh, it's got fencing. Yeah. It's got sports. It's got arch. You know, all this kind of stuff. True love. You know. <laughs> right. Um, I just <laughs> think you know, this is one of the yeah exactly yeah revenge. <laughs> I think this is one of the brilliant things about this movie is the way that it's framed. You know, um, it gives the filmmaker some great opportunities to sort of like. Uh, wade into the story and interject a little bit, you know, when <laughs> I especially love the part where Peter Falk is like, uh, you know, when uh, uh, Buttercup is in the water and is being attacked by the, the shrieking eels, you know, he's like, it cuts to him and he's like, the eels don't get Buttercup. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, I-, I just wanted to tell you because you seemed a little bit upset. Yeah. Or, yeah. He's like, so it just lets the movie like even play with the format and I I I just thought it was a brilliant choice and I'm assuming that's either part of the um uh either Rob Reiner's influence or uh the the screenwriter or the screenplay uh, uh William Goldman we should say he's he's the guy who wrote the screenplay so yeah um uh yeah so but yeah I just I just I love the way that they do that um and it gives you it gives them the opportunity to sort of pull out and then pull back in. And like I said, with when, when our family sat down to watch it, it was the same exact thing. What Fred Savage is doing, he's like getting sucked in. That's exactly what happened in our house. And that was beautiful to see. 
you know what I was thinking about is I was trying to think about like who are the bad guys in this movie? Because hmm. I was thinking about that no. in the right. context of like you know where's the tension, where's the drama, you know, and I think you know the bad guys are Prince Humperdinck, yep. um, uh, Christopher Guest's uh, character Count. Tyrone, I can't remember his last name. Yeah, Rogan, it is. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And probably Vicini. Yeah, Vicini. I mean, I'm, you know, and his hired hands. <laughs> well, but but his hired hands aren't bad guys. That's the thing, right? You know. No. Yeah. I mean, they're not. In the end, we we realize well, they're just doing this for a job. They're almost apologetic, like I don't want to kill you, but. But you but I, like and I think guy. I think I I think what I mean is like, but even like they aren't bad guys from the beginning. Even when they're kidnapping, right under the giant is like, I just don't think it's right to kill somebody, you know? Right. <laughs> and then you know, Inigo is like, I agree with Fezzik, <laughs> you know. So like, <laughs> you know, I just I think you know it's 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 something. There's something about the fact that there really aren't you know. Even the guys who you are set up to believe are bad guys, they aren't bad guys. And um, there's just something that is uh, – this movie is – it's like watching a juggler who is able to juggle comedy and drama and um, story all at the same time and, and pacing and like, you know um, – even Prince Humperdinck, who is probably the ultimate, you know, uh, uh, villain in the movie, he's also ridiculous. <laughs> His character is ridiculous to watch, you know, and <laughs> he makes. So I, I, I think that's part of what you know keeps me coming back to it. Is is like, I just love spending my time with these people. There is something about how they are all written, even the bad guys. I love to spend my time with them, and I enjoy every single minute of it. Well, Chris, I chose this movie under the theme of, uh, I think, insanely quotable movies. Um, so I think at least we should spend a little bit of time talking about <laughs> the, the quotes that stand out for you or the things that you use in your daily life and I use in mine. Um <laughs> I'll say right off the bat, one of the things that I use almost daily, having a household of children, is, I'm waiting! <laughs> I use that one all the time. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. of course, one of my other favorites is, of course, Wallace Shawn being inconceivable. Uh, and then the great Mandy <laughs> Patinkin being like, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I use that one a lot. I yeah, really exactly. do. I, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I <laughs> go on. No, honestly, I'd forgotten it's from this movie. It had, <laughs> I was like, that's where I got it from. <laughs> You keep using this word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I don't think it, and, I, and I, I've used that just, yeah, working with coworkers and things like that and um, in meetings. I, you know, <laughs> it's very, okay, it's so very good in meetings. <laughs> here's what's funny for me. Okay, this is going to be one of those uh, embarrassing admissions, but um, 
coming uh, into this this <laughs> coming into this watch i was like i mean i think it does mean what he thinks it means inconceivable like impossible yeah. like you know that couldn't happen <laughs> yeah. you know so i literally at the dinner table the other day i was like okay everybody hold up for a moment <laughs> inconceivable doesn't it mean what Vicini thinks it means and like i think my oldest kid was like no dad because like inconceivable is you couldn't even imagine it and you know this is just him uh, saying like very unlikely and i was like oh okay so yeah it is okay i guess that's true <laughs> he's like and, and inigo montoya is just a very grammatically oriented person because anyone else i think you hear that word and you're like yeah okay yeah, I, I, he's saying incon- <laughs> inconceivable, but it probably means highly unlikely. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, the other, a- another uh, one that, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's my no, no, turn. No, you go. Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> and this one appears, again, weekly um, in my household, <laughs> is As You Wish. Oh yes, as you wish. That, and 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 that one. Sometimes my wife gets mad. I'm like, no, I don't mean it in a sarcastic way. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, you know, like how Wesley meant it. Right. Um. Because like she'll get like, like don't say that. And like it's because she thinks I'm being just like snarky. Um. Right. 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 Which, which honestly, I'm not. I, I really am. <laughs> You know, but I could I can see why it kind of comes across that way. Yeah, yeah. right, right. What, do you say it like this? As you wish. <laughs> no, because then I'm because be like, then I'm going to take her side on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It'd be like, oh, could you? You know, our shelves are high, and she's like, oh, could you? Could you put that bowl up there? And I'd be yeah, like, as you wish. Does she say, fetch me that picture? <laughs> <laughs> just give a smoldering look and just kind of take it right down. <laughs> no, that oh, doesn't man. happen. Yeah. No. Well, been, I, yeah. I, the, one of the things that we repeat in our household all the time is all of, um, Fezzik's, uh, rhymes, you know, and the, the best of all, <laughs> the best of all being no more rhyming. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> we say that one all the time. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Uh, one that I don't use anymore, but it was for years one of my go-to lines amongst just my friends and I. So this goes back to like high school, basically, uh-huh. and that's then I kind of dropped it. But it's it, it's kind of a deep cut. But it, I thought uh-huh. at the time it was so funny, and I still do because every time I hear it, it just <laughs> it's just a almost like a throwaway line. Uh-huh. So the, the he's um. Buttercup is saying, "Don't, don't harm Wesley. Whatever you do, you know, just, uh-huh. just take him away." And he, <laughs> and Humperdinck says, "May I live a thousand years and never hunt again? <laughs> never hunt again? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it just tells me so much about his character, though. <laughs> Absolutely, there is so much 
there is so much embedded in the the dialogue that it's like it's like painting the Sistine Chapel with one sentence, right? Like I know exactly who this is. My other my other favorite my my other favorite is, you know, when they get to the the, the battle of wits, right? And Yes, and, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's and, like and one Wesley's of the like, you know, smell this and he's like, I smell nothing and then cut later to Princess Humperdinck. He's smelling he's like, the bile, he's I'm like sh- I okay. I'd bet my life on it. Like you can't smell it. <laughs> so good. Oh man. I honestly um, like Prince Humperdinck for being the bad guy has some of the best lines in this. He's like, someone he has beaten a giant. <laughs> you know? It's like okay. He, is, he really is given like a you know, not much to work with, but he like yeah. nails it. Yeah. Um and of course and this will be my last one. Um, <laughs> and I have been care. actually offered money to say this during a wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's the, it's the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> People, marriage is I, what brings us together <laughs> today. There have there have love, been true love. Best, best men and the the father of the groom and people yeah. say I'll give you a hundred bucks to start out <laughs> this way, and you know and I, you know I uh, kind of take it seriously and I didn't do it for your wedding either. I was I gonna say although, I appreciate although <laughs> it, it was that was as close as I've ever come, but I think. I don't you know. You tell me There's... who approached you. <laughs> no, that was a, that was of my own volition. Oh, I see. <laughs> marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. So, Glenn, I always think um, key scenes in movies, movies that we, um, especially movies mm-hmm. that we like, um, I always think are hard to, to think about. Um, yeah. Especially, especially movies like Princess Bride. Like, comedies may be one of the toughest genres to find one. Um, yeah. So, what do you think is, <laughs> what's the key scene uh, to you for Princess Bride? Well, I totally agree with you, and honestly, I could cite the entire movie as the key <laughs> scene, because I don't think there's a moment wasted. I don't think there's a moment that doesn't yeah. come, but that's not the question. Um, and in this movie, honestly, I'm just going to pick my favorite scene. There's no there's no more rhyme yeah. or reason behind it than right. is absolutely enjoyable from beginning to end. And that is what we started to lead into in our last segment, the Battle of the Wits. Yes, which yeah, okay, yeah. Go ahead, I'm interrupting. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I love. I and you know we were talking about quotable moments, but good lord, this movie, this this one scene, you know, you could almost uh, 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 <laughs> recite off the top of your head the. It is so great for so many reasons. It is on its face just funny. And and Wallace Shawn in this moment is absolutely amazing. 
Um, and I think Carrie Ellis oh, yeah. plays a great sort of almost straight man to his over the top yep. performance. And yes. Um, and I, you know, just the, the, <laughs> you, you, we've all known people who think that they're smarter than they are <laughs> and, <laughs> and to yes. see them yeah. expose how <laughs> ridiculous and idiotic they are and just like lay it all out is so satisfying to watch in this scene. And, and Wallace Shawn is, is so good in this moment as like, you know, the battle of wits and like, oh, it's so easy. It's so simple. You've given everything away. I know where the wine is, you know, and you know, the, <laughs> The, the way that, you know, the two of them play together and, you know, <laughs> there's so many great moments in this, right? He's like, <laughs> Carrie Ellis is like, oh, so you've made your decision. He's like, oh, wait till I get going. It's <laughs> like, or he's like, he's like, you have, you truly have a dizzy intellect. <laughs> he says, wait till I get going. Anyway, there's just, there's so much to love about this scene. Um, and it's, you know... <laughs> The back and forth where basically you've got Wallace Shawn scrambling for time because he's just filling space with seemingly r- ridiculous trans, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, trans- no, the transitions, know. there's no logic. There's no, there's I mean, no there is logic. his logic, but yeah. I was trying to follow his line of thinking. It's just like no, it makes nonsense no and gibberish. Yeah. No, he's like, Iocane <laughs> comes from Australia, which is entirely people to criminals. So therefore, I can clearly not trust the line in front of me. And just the way it's scripted, where it's like, it's it's an illogical statement followed by, so clearly I can't choose this. And then it's another illogical statement followed by, so clearly I can't choose that. You know, And it just continues uh, throughout, right? Um, what, yeah. Actually, what struck what struck me maybe for the first time um, <laughs> about it is like so he goes oh what does he what does he say he's like not what's that over there but he makes some <laughs> yeah what he, in the world could that be like yeah so he you know has Wesley look the other way and like yeah. for, he did not have to do this so he switched the position of the glasses because in. In the contest, he could have chosen the one in front of him or the one in front of Wesley. There was no right. reason to switch it. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it didn't That's matter. True. He could have chosen either one the entire time. And then You're he right. decides to do this one little <laughs> bit of deceit for no reason. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, I... that was brilliant. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that because you're absolutely right. I mean, and, you know, and... and 
And you see in the movie, he waits for uh, Wesley's to start to drink before he drinks, you know? So yeah, it could yeah. have been exactly the same if he hadn't done that, right? <laughs> yeah. He had, there was just no... And, and like, that was just so fitting with the whole everything about that. And to end it well, that way, it was just that extra, extra bit of genius for us. It is. Well, and that's what I mean about the tone of this movie, which is like, you know, he's... He's like, what in the world could that be? And Wesley's like taking it as real. He's like, what? What? I don't see anything. What's up? You know, <laughs> meanwhile, he's switching the glasses. And then he comes back and, he, and Wesley's like, what are you chuckling about? And he's like, oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's another example in this movie of there's drama, but not high stakes. Right. And. Not high stakes in the sense that, like, we we know that Wesley's going to be fine. We know he's going to continue and all that kind of stuff. It throws this stuff in here, and it's it's fun for us. But I, I again, I go, I just go back to like, there's like, I just want to live with these people, and I just want to live in this world where, like, you know, you just <laughs> sit there and observe what they're observing, and um, it's just so much fun. Um, and of course we can't forget <laughs> the greatest line, uh, maybe not the greatest line in the movie, but one of the greatest lines in well, the moment, which, yeah. which is, you know, when, when Vicini thinks that he's won, he says, you fall, you've fallen into one of the mm-hmm. classic blunders, fallen. the most classic <laughs> never get involved in a land war in Asia. <laughs> and the second most classic is never going against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Alien. <laughs> And then he laughs and then he dies. It's so good. And I love the reveal at the end where where Robin Wright, you know, uh, uh, Buttercup is like, oh, so it was your glass that was poisoned. He's like, no, I poisoned them both. And he's just like nonchalantly says like, I've spent the last few years building up an immunity to Iocane powder. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. No, the only, <laughs> yeah, the only other I thought was a candidate uh-huh. for it was the, and it, but it didn't involve the main characters. It was the side quest of Indigo, um, you know, to get his uh, revenge because that line yeah, is so, yeah. again, is so yeah. iconic again. It, but, but I thought, well, that's really, you know, it is one of the most memorable mm-hmm. lines in the mm-hmm. movie. But not necessarily. It doesn't involve you know Wesley and Buttercup, and so I, I my go to would have been the same one. Yeah. Well, the the other um, thing, the other one I was considering, and maybe this would be a more fitting key scene for the format of our show, but the moment where um, Wesley finally towards the end uh, confronts uh, Prince Humperdinck, and it's the whole like yeah a, a duel to the death, no to the pain. And he talks no. about he, he talks about like you know all of the th- ways in which he's gonna mutilate Prince Humperdinck. Yeah, and he's like yes, yes, yes. And then my I, my ears, I get it. Yes, and I was yes. like, no, you keep your ears so that he's like, every no. what does he say? Like every child who cries out in terror, my God, what is that horrible thing? You'll be able to remember that or something like that. To the death, no. To the pain. 
I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles. Then your hands at the wrists. Next, your nose. And then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye, followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing? will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish, wallowing in freakish misery forever. Yeah, I, I thought about that one too as, as a potential key scene. Uh, but again, like this movie is littered with them. There are so many uh, uh, candidates for this. So um, at the end, I had to pick my. You know, this literally is the one that, like, at the dinner table, we'll sit down and, like, basically go through the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally in agreement on that one. Um, now, do you think... Yeah. I was... I was um, on, on, on the inverse of, you know... I agree. This is is about you know, perfect movie. Yes, how in the world would you say that? But I do agree. It's like I can't, I can't really nitpick mm-hmm. or find things that's like that. Just in the sense, like, all right, when when there's like big constructual errors in some <laughs> movies, um, to the to the point where it just takes you out of the experience. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that I despise mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. movies, um, where where it's it's it it's not like, you know, th- there's there's blatant something goes mm-hmm. wrong, whether whether it's a plot mm. hole or just inane dialogue sure. or or whatever, um, you know. And this one, I can't. There's, it's it's, the the nitpicky stuff though doesn't distract mm-hmm. you from you know, the overall narrative. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was trying to think like, oh, that doesn't, you know, even it's like, oh, that doesn't make sense with what happened before, but you don't, you just give it like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not like, um, I was just thinking the whole, <laughs> the whole issue of, you know, so he gets the, Wesley gets that magic pill yeah. or whatever that brings him <laughs> yeah, back yeah. to life. And, you He's know, it's like, oh, that's going to work in like 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah um you know and the mostly dead thing was mm-hmm. funny and it was it was good um and but it's you know he didn't you know it seemed like his strength would come back like with with within mm-hmm. an hour or something mm-hmm. like that but they they drag that gag on for <laughs> yeah. a while that he can't but yeah. it works because it's you know it's part of it's part of the whole makes the plan that much mm-hmm. more you know um impossible right, right. uh so so in that regard it does um it it effectively uses that which is again something that i thought oh well i thought he was supposed to be 
good to go uh-huh. by now. Um, but that didn't happen. I mean, that's just, again, like a stupid, a stupid thing. Um, well, there were a couple other points well, where they just kind of s- skip over something or it's illogical. No, but, uh, but it it, and that's that what way. I mean. Like, this is what I, I, I actually love this about this movie. It's the same point where, uh, they're trying, you know, they've, uh, they're trying to find Wesley. Oh, they, 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 <laughs> Mandy Patinkin and Andre the Giant like smack the albino and they're trying to figure out or something like that. I can't remember ex- the exact <laughs> sequence, right? Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. just like, Mandy Patinkin is just like, I'm going to like let my sword guide me. And he, he, you know, it, it, it guides him to the exact <laughs> knot that opens the door into the, like, there are a bunch of those things where it's just like, this is one of those movies where, the plot needs them to do that. And I like the way that they do it. Right. It's like, they're not trying to be (laughs) earnest. They're not trying to be like, this is dramatic. They're just like, (laughs) we need to get from point A to point B. So somehow his sword is just going to hit the right spot. Yeah. You know, you're right. They have the destiny to like, but the reason it works is because it's in, with the tone of the movie, like the whole movie, the tone of it is right. like, you know, it's a fairy tale. It's a, you know, it's a fantastical story. We're just going to keep moving you along. And, and I think that's part of what, this is going back to what I said, like the stakes are low, right? Um, the stakes are low. Cause you know where it's going to end. And, and that's fine. We can just sit here and like sort of marinate in the juices that they have uh, cooked up for us. Um, and it, it, you know, those things that are like, okay, that would not happen. I don't care about any of that watching this, you know? <clears throat> yeah. It's, I mean, even the idea that, well, Wesley knew to follow their shit. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah, totally. You know, where did right. that, how did he have yeah. that information? Where did right. that come from? Cause it was, you know, she was secretly kidnapped <laughs> and, right. you know, he's by himself in his little mm-hmm. boat. Um, you know, we don't, kn- we have no yeah. idea how he knew that yeah. or like this was, you know, part of some grand mm-hmm. scheme or, or, even, <laughs> or, or even the idea that he's, <laughs> Humperdinck's got to marry <laughs> this girl so he could kill her <laughs> to start a war for, for some, some reason. That's right? like, yeah, we have no idea right. why he wants to start a war with Gilder, or, but it doesn't yeah. matter. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't know, you know, if we were to say if this was a like, yeah, like. Like if if this was like a serious movie or something like, you know, what is there? What are his motivations? Was he hurt yeah. as a child by the people of Gilder well, or did they, you know, kill his father? I, or, you know, something like that. No, I, I yeah. want to say something about this here because we have just come away from our last episode, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, <laughs> and, huh. Not that I want to talk about that movie anymore, but one of the things <laughs> that yes. All right. one of the things that we talked about in that movie is how the love between um, uh, uh, Mina and Dracula or Elizabetha and Dracula, like there's right. no on-screen demonstration of it. It's just voiceover. Um, yeah, we're, we're told, we're told right? yeah. And this for 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 all of the like low stakes um this is just a fun watch uh 
for, for this movie. And with the, the, the voiceover from Peter Falk reading the book, telling the story, it's almost the same thing. But they do so much better in this movie demonstrating the relationship between Wesley and Buttercup in this just dumb, funny, comedy, fantasy movie that right. fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula is supposed to be so intense, and they do such a better oh, job in this, you're right? You're dead right. You know? Yes. Like, they build, actually, yes. You, like, you get... <laughs> it, it's almost a parallel uh, yeah. narrative in the sense that, like, you know... Buttercup thinks that Wesley is dead. She's going to, you know, you see the scenes of her like sitting by the fire, you know, just in deep depression and, and whatnot, like mourning the loss. Um, and then you get multiple points at where she's like, I'm going to end my life. Cause I can't do it. I mean, seriously for this movie to do it so well <laughs> and for Dracula to fail so hard, it's like, guys, I mean, just watch this. It's a comedy, <laughs> but it does it so well. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. I mean, in the sense of, yeah, the the better developed, <laughs> the brief backstory that we get is is enough to propel the movie, and that you know his Wesley's been a gone for a mm -hmm. while, and he 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 feels like you know she betrayed right. him and um you know i'm not really sure what he expected to accomplish like finding her <laughs> i mean i don't know if he was just he just needed to get that yeah. off his chest or, or what his deal was um you know he did save her life and you know he i guess just wanted to hear her side of the story or said whatever he mm -hmm. needed to say and um that's that i guess that was his motivation mm -hmm. right i don't you know we don't really we don't really think about it at the time. It's but, just like, he's got to do but it. But it's right? such an economical way to, again, communicate to the audience that these people are deeply in love. And, you know, the one thing that I don't buy in this, <laughs> the one thing, my quibble on this point that I'm making is yeah. when Wesley is uh, kidnapped by the Dread Pirate Roberts, and then eventually takes over being the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Y you could send right. a letter, maybe. <laughs> like, he's like, he doesn't make any effort to, like, get in touch with Buttercup. And even as he's explaining it to Buttercup, he was like, I was studying, right, I was learning right. fencing. It was a very exciting time. Meanwhile, she's like, yeah. you know dying within her skin right you know feeling like her one true love is dead and he's just like oh he's learning fencing exactly. and building up an immunity to yeah I that... powder you know like okay kind of a dick move wesley kind of a dick move <laughs> yes yeah well said um and um you know and how how the movie concludes i guess is the happily ever after sort yeah. of mm -hmm. way because we don't really know where do they go right. what do they do right you know do they have a mm -hmm. family yeah. we don't know it's not you know usually a fairy tale ends in some sort of you know they you know all right so if this was let's just say your typical when i mean typical i mean like the ancient form mm -hmm. of comedy you know like shakespeare and mm -hmm. before that where 
a comedy is supposed to end mm-hmm. in a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to get, you know, the, 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 the two lovers unite and get married. And that's kind of the yeah, end. Right. Um, and, and this is, I, I thought, well, are they opening it up for, you know, was there supposed to be a sequel <laughs> or, or something about the continued adventures or anything like that? Um, cause we, we know what happens to Indigo. He becomes the new, um, the, the new mm-hmm. pirate. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, where did, you know, does, did Humperdinck get, <laughs> I mean, maybe the book does it. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, they talk about the kiss at the end and that's about it. Um, not that it's important. or No, I, but. again, I think, I think that's one of this movie's strengths is it knows what it is. And what it is, is this, is this <laughs> self-contained story and it it stays true mm. from it mm-hmm. it stays true to it from beginning to end and that's enough and i think it's glorious you know one of the things that i read in a little bit of the research for this is that they were considering doing a remake of this movie oh yes yes yeah, yes, and, yes yes and thankfully right. there was enough negative backlash that they scrapped the project <laughs> And um, yeah, thank one of the quotes that I love is uh, Carrie Elwes uh, uh, said, uh, he said in, in reaction to this, he said, there is a shortage of perfect movies in this world. It would be a pity to damage this one. <laughs> and of course, alluding to the moment where um, uh, Robin Wright is about to stab herself and he has that line about there's a shortest, shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a, sh- a pity to damage yours or something like that. So, yeah. I'm very glad they did not decide to make that. Oh, I yeah. know. And there's still... But you know... They're going to, right? If there's I money know. to be made... The money to yep. be made, they, they, there's, it's, it's mm-hmm. cooking in someone's, yep. you know, thought oven. Um, but it was nice too, you know, that the end with, you know, the grandson and the mm-hmm. grandpa, and he's kind of like, Hey grandpa, you can come back, <laughs> come back tomorrow and read it again. Tell, tell, yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's, that's actually mm-hmm. a good ending. Not bad. Well, Chris, um, this movie has been a lot of fun to talk about. It's one I return to frequently, but the question remains that we have to answer every week here. Did the Princess Bride save the world? Yeah, I'm not going to really think about this one too much. Um, I mean... Yes, I, I think of course it would be hard. I mean, it's cons- it is considered one of the you know it's it's in you know that is it the Library of Congress or I don't know who does it. They they preserve certain mm-hmm. works of art um, as as being important, mm-hmm. uh, whatever their criteria is, and and I they they. It's actually a list that I rarely like find mm-hmm. issue with um, whenever I hear about this, and I think because comedy is um, good, comedy is yeah. rare. I mm-hmm. really do. I, I I think a movie that can just tell a story um, with with all the, the the tropes that's necessary for a fairy tale um, and execute that, and you know. Besides just being, you know, one of our favorite quotable <laughs> movies, um, it just 
it just yeah. works a, a, as a film and it, and it offers us just uh you know in in humanity we need good stories yeah. we just yeah. do um that that's why they that's why they stick around and um have a place in our lives and um it 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 holds a special place for me and it's again it's it's rare that there's movies that um somehow stand up i mean like what did you i mean this movie's from 87 um and and old comedies are actually the hardest ones to stick around you know because comedy is often so contextual Mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 why like some things that worked in the 90s or whatever just you know unless you have nostalgia Mm -hmm. for it it doesn't it's not that funny i've (laughs) i learned that experience when i showed um (laughs) <laughs> a movie i loved was the blues oh, brothers yeah. um and it's like oh we gotta watch this and they're like that wasn't that funny dad <laughs> <laughs> and, and seeing it through their eyes i got yeah. it it is a funny movie but it is a it, it is it's it's a it's a what's the word i'm looking for it's it's a product of yeah, its time yeah yeah um this one you can't you can't you you can't do that as well um and 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 for that reason, um, I'm gonna say most definitely. I I, I I will I will debate this to the core um, that this is, did say. There is a timeless quality to this movie. I mean, everything that you just said, I totally agree with. And and somehow, and maybe it's the fantasy setting. Maybe it's just the way that it's written. Maybe it's the lightheartedness of it. It's it's almost detached from time you know so maybe that's what helps it sort of yeah exactly uh uh, be i don't want to say relevant but continue to be funny for every generation going forward but you know there's just a very like timeless almost aloof kind of quality to this movie which um is um you know i i think and the fact that Maybe because it is so detached from sort of current events or anything in our real world that we could get attached to and say, oh, well, that's not like that anymore, right? It's a fantasy, right? Um, right. Uh, that helps it sort of stay the test of time. But, yeah, I I, I completely agree, I think. Um, it, and, you know, the other thing that I was going to say about this is, you know, there aren't that many movies that, <clears throat> you know, I could probably name them on on one hand the movies that i would sit down with my entire family and everyone is going to enjoy it um and so just bringing together you know your family and friends and and really digging into something and then having that carry over into your everyday lives in terms of you know the the things that you quote (laughs) and the things that you reference and all that kind of stuff it's like the the gift right. that keeps on giving, and I think humor is such an important <laughs> part of our lives that um, anything that can kind of help with that, uh, you know, is 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 a gift, um, and and deserves uh, the, the 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 praise that it that it gets. So yeah, I would agree. I think this absolutely saves the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that as as you said about family and um, you know the fact that. You know, it's one of my daughter's mm-hmm. favorite movies. Um, you know, and you know, I think the whole, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, the setting is vaguely right, medieval right, or something. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't pin it down to any real place or it's time. A, it's just um, a big SCA fest. It's a big festival. <laughs> That's where it takes place. 
<laughs> so, um, and it has, yeah, like the, the, the tropes, yeah, the archetypes yeah. of, you know, of, of this type of mm-hmm. story. And, and it plays with them a little bit. But again, it's a hero's quest. And it's the story that has all the essential right. ingredients of a timeless classic that every, every culture right. on you know, our planet has similar yep. tales. You know what I mean? It's not unique to mm-hmm. Western culture in any way. Um, there's, there's, there's these wonderful, you know, stories that I think, um, and I think they still need yeah. to be told. I, I don't, I don't think we, we, we should, we should shy mm-hmm. away from those. Um, not, not making remakes of the princess right. bride, but, but telling, you know, um, you know, different different versions of the same of the same basic um, structure, mm-hmm. and um, and and again, you know, because it is so such a good balance of it's it's just not slapstick mm-hmm. or right, something right. like that. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. clever, and and it's um, it's it, as you said at the very beginning, the cast. It's hard to imagine different <laughs> different actors, you know, yeah. doing this. Um, it, it was just, just it was a very just it still is always an enjoyable watch i never regret like sitting down yeah. and watching the last it. reason i'll say that it definitely saves the world is um our dog is named buttercup directly because of this movie <laughs> that's right <laughs> i totally forgot yep, about Princess that buttercup <laughs> oh i and i knew that the second i was like oh i got it yep wow you're right that's a hmm. yep. Chris, I have a would you rather for you. And in the spirit of, you know, the holidays, the end of the year, we're in good spirits. This is a fun movie. <laughs> I decided not to go in our typical uh, direction of the maximum amount of pain and discomfort uh, to inflict upon you. So, um, <laughs> oh, wow. You're oh, welcome. Thank you. I uh, so I have a different sort of spirited would you rather. And I have to say, uh, for this, would you rather, um, you and I are, are, are both happily married. Um, so, uh, we have to step out of that for the moment and, and imagine a scenario mm, where right. that's not the case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So my, would you rather is, and I should also say, um, <laughs> you and I are both, uh, heterosexual men, uh, <laughs> So I'm going to adapt this a little bit to be inclusive. Would you rather, (laughs) if you could, uh, you can, you can choose one of the following to be married to, uh, the princess buttercup (laughs) or I'm going to say Wesley as well. Again, you can choose which you want. Um, or would you rather have Peter Falk as your grandfather? That's what you get to choose. <laughs> wow, that is a really, that is a really interesting one. Huh. I, I I threw Wesley in there All because right, I think Wesley and Robin Wright are like equally incredibly beautiful people. So like you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially yeah, especially this version. That's of true. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm trying to think about how they both you know <laughs> age <laughs> i think they both aged very very well <laughs> yeah yeah you're right dang huh 
boy, I don't have an like usually. <laughs> all right, usually how this goes is like I have an initial uh-huh. reaction, like you know this kind of immediate, and then I was like, well, maybe not. And this time, huh? Um, I'm gonna go with the grandpa. I thought you might. <laughs> so you're going with Peter Falk as your grandfather, and if uh, yeah, and, and I'll even do all right. I'll even do this this one okay. more step. My ranking would be Grandpa Wesley. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I would choose the Grandpa too. I, I can you imagine? Christmas dinner with Peter Falk there, like it doesn't get better than that. I know that'd be no, that'd be so cool. Grandpa, did you solve any mysteries on your but way that to, one, the, to the house today? <laughs> Just imagine Columbo right? as your grandpa. That'd be awesome. Um, but I will give you credit, uh, Mr. Cooper. That was that was a. That was one of our. That was a more challenging one than we usually do. I think that one was. That one was clever. Chris, this has been a lot of fun to talk about. It was a lot of fun to watch, um, and I enjoyed revisiting this. But what do we have coming up next? What's next week? All right. So there was. Um, I, I, there was, there was, there were three basically in, 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 in my, in my (laughs) mind at the same time. Um, and, and I think the other, the other two, I'm going to, I, they will come up again, so I won't (laughs) talk about those. Um, but, um, it's rare that we do a movie that is actually currently out Mm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if we've ever, if we've ever done that. Um, so this is a very fresh movie without a lot of additional mm-hmm. baggage mm-hmm. <laughs> attached mm-hmm. to it. Um, and I recently watched it, and I was thinking, I gotta talk about okay. this movie. Um, and and it is um, it is a it's not really a sequel. It's part of the same mm. universe, I mm-hmm. guess, is the good way to describe it. Um, we did Knives Out um, <laughs> as a movie we both. Had had a very high opinion yep. of and liked, so I would love us <laughs> to chat about Glass yep. Onion, a Knives Out yep. mystery that just came out a month yep. ago, maybe, and is now yep. on Netflix. I think it did have a theatrical yep. release, um, but I am um, fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> by this and I don't thematically I'm trying to think of a theme I'll be honest with you it's maybe so we watched this sequels. I just watched this on Christmas Eve our family watched it together okay yeah yeah um, yeah after watching yep. the re-watching the original the night before so oh wow um, okay yeah I don't want to give away my feelings uh, in, in coming to a theme yeah either do I maybe it's just sequels <laughs> is that the theme <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't i was trying to think what is my theme here and i i, was, I, I am okay i 
I don't want to preempt our next show, but I am gathering from the tone in your voice that we may land in the same place on this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is does not mean there's not a lot of you know food uh, to to chew on at <laughs> all in true. this. Um, <laughs> that that I have I I it's it's more like you know I. Yeah, I'd, I'd like some perspective. I would on love this, to talk about have, this movie. I kind of want to rewatch it anyway to get yeah. a better feel for it. So awesome. Me too. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, so so next time we're gonna do twenty twenty two's Glass Onion, directed by um, yep. Ryan Johnson. Was that no Ryan? Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, because he spells it in a well, stupid way. So. <laughs> We'll just edit the Beatles song under this part of the, uh, a part of the podcast. Oh no, I wait. Yeah, I, we won't do that because we'll be sued into oblivion. So never mind. We'll just use our yeah, regular. Yeah, which is what I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to. All right, well, folks, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Princess Bride. What can you say? Go out and watch it again and again and again. Yeah. Even if you don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> yeah. go and watch. If the you fast forwarded to <laughs> this, this part point, of the podcast, go watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, lots of fun but as you, always yes. to talk about, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I know what, I, what I, uh, next week talking about Glass Onion. Wait, wait, is it Glass Onion colon Knives Out? What? It, what's the official title? Yes, it's Glass. Yeah, it's called Glass Onion, a Knives okay, Out mystery. So I guess the seer. Okay, I won't go all right, anymore. All right, all right. Sounds Let's good. All right. Well, look forward to that. And folks, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, it, it's yeah, it great for that helps the show. So, all right. See you next week for Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah.